Welcome to The Hot Slice. This is the podcast brought to you by Pizza Today Magazine, and we're talking the pizza business. And I am your host, Denise Greer, executive editor at Pizza Today. And with me is our editor-in-chief himself, Jeremy White. Hello, Jeremy. Hey, Denise. Hello. So we're talking today about one of my favorite subjects. People that are... Well, yeah, that, but we're also (laughs) talking about people that are new to the business. I love new new operators, people that are just starting out, they're just starting their own um, operations. You get to hear the excitement and you get to kind of see the energy and, you know, starting a business. And so Mm -hmm. we are talking to um, Brett and Chad. Uh, Nemec from Zaza's Pizzeria in Chicago, Illinois, uh, who are doing, wait for it, New York style in Chicago. Yes, which in the I Windy love. City. I love it. You know, I love it. I love it. Uh, Chicago is one of my favorite cities. Uh, can't say I love it in January, but no. most of the year, one of my favorite cities, particularly in the summer. It's a great food town. Mm-hmm. What I've never had in Chicago is much New York style pizza. Oh. Um, yeah, obviously these guys aren't the first people to serve New York style pizza in Chicago and they won't be the last, but they're making a name for themselves right now doing it. And they have to educate their customer base a little bit because that's not necessarily what the consumer is used to in Chicago. They're like, why isn't it, why isn't it cut into squares? What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, Okay. Well, I am really looking forward to talking to them because they uh, they're just so gung ho about the business starting out, mm-hmm. um, and and it's always interesting to get that new perspective. Whether you've been in the business for you know twenty years, or you're also new, right. or you're maybe thinking about opening a, a opening a pizzeria, getting that new operator perspective is always right. a good time. Uh, so I think we should just jump right in to talking to Let's do it. You know, Brett and Chad, and uh, and just hear hear what they have to say. Yeah, let's dive in and get them on. Baccio is celebrating its 10-year anniversary, a decade of exceptional Italian pizza cheese, unmatched consistency, and partners that have become family. If you haven't had the chance to try it, purchase Baccio today and enroll in the Gold Club to receive cash back for every pound you buy. That's right, get rewarded for every single pound of cheese purchased. Schedule a demonstration at baccio.cheese.com slash hot slice to learn more. Pizza is your legacy. Build it with Baccio. Performance Food Service is proud to deliver high-quality products, innovative technology, and custom operational solutions to restaurants of all sizes across the country. The flagship division of Performance Food Group, with deep roots in the restaurant industry, Performance Food Service has been the exclusive distributor of the Roma family of brands for more than 65 years. This signature relationship has allowed Performance Food Service to become a leader in the pizza and Italian segment of food service nationwide. All right. Uh, so, Brett and Chad, you've just opened your pizzeria five months ago. What made you pull the trigger? Um, so I'll get it started. I'm Brett. I'm the I'm the uh, the restaurant owner and also uh, the pizza maker in the kitchen. Um, so I've been working in kitchens pretty much my entire life. And um, at age 15, I started off as a dishwasher. And um, started falling in love with the restaurant industry. As soon as I got into the, the kitchen, I, uh, you know, I was watching the cooks doing what they do in the kitchen and they're, you know, flipping steaks and they're listening to heavy metal. And I just sort of like gravitated towards the lifestyle immediately as soon as I got into the kitchen. And, um, 
after a few years of washing dishes, I decided to work on the line there at um, the first restaurant I worked at was a place called Eddie Merlot's. It was a little steakhouse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, had one yeah. in we had one in Louisville for a while. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's awesome. Yeah, they, they do amazing food. They really, really know what they're doing there. And uh, one of the best steaks that I've ever had. It's definitely been from Eddie Merlot's. Um, so yeah, that's where I got my start. And I just sort of, like I said, I fell in love with it. And then uh, after washing dishes for a while, I, uh, I hopped on the line. They needed somebody to work the line. So I worked a station called Garmarge, where I was just sort of doing like the cold food, did like charcuterie boards and oysters and desserts, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And after trying that out, I was like, you know what, I think this is like what I want to do with my life. I'm, I'm really into this. And I'm really, I really could see myself moving into this being like my career. Um, mm-hmm. so I decided to go to culinary school, um, started working on my craft there, started work, working my way up on the line at Eddie Merlot's and, uh, learned all the stations. And, uh, after that, I decided to branch out and work at a few other restaurants. And then over the years, I, uh, worked my way up the ranks and got into a couple head chef positions at a few different restaurants. Uh, most recently I was at a restaurant called, uh, Santo Cielo. I was a head chef there for a while and, uh, coming up with different menus and, um, all different types of dishes and um, some of the dishes that they're selling to this day are um, still some of my dishes uh, that I put on the menu. So while I was there, I uh, started experimenting with making pizza because we, um, we had some like wood fired pizzas on the menu. Mm -hmm. Um, So while I was there, I was trying to learn how to make dough. Right. So I started messing around with double zero flour, started messing around with different, um, processes for making the dough, doing bulk fermenting, auto lees, you know, cold fermenting overnight, and just started to learn about, you know, dough, doing a lot of research, reading a lot of books, watching documentaries. And um, at that point, I decided to really get serious about making pizza. I sort of fell in love with making dough. So I started doing a little bit more of that at home. So I started messing around with different styles. I eventually gravitated towards uh, New York style um, there is a pizzeria out by us um, at the time we were living out in Naperville and uh, there's a pizzeria out there called Little Pops. So mm-hmm. um, we started going there for dinner as a family. I started loving that style and I started messing around with making it at home. And um, my brother, who's been my roommate for years, um, would help me make these pizzas. And um, he would kind of give me tips and tricks and, and tell me what he thought the pizza needed. So we'd be making pizza and he's like, Oh, this needs a little bit more salt. We should try a different tomato or let's try a different blend of cheeses on this, this pizza. And uh, ultimately it was all that testing that we did at, at home that led to us um, moving in the direction of opening a pizzeria. We got really confident with the food we were making. And I was like, you know what? I've always wanted to own like a small shop or a, a food truck or something along those lines. And I'm like, you know what? I'm ready to get out of the, the restaurants, but like the fine dining space and, and open up a small pizzeria. Um, so after, after some time messing around in the kitchen and making pizzas at home, we started looking for spaces. Um, and I actually had left my head chef position to work at coal fire in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I worked there just to learn a little bit more about how the pizzeria operates and how many employees you might need on a busy night. And just mm-hmm. wanted to learn like, what it's like to work in a pizzeria before I open my own place, just so I don't go into it, not understanding like the basic needs of a pizzeria. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how we ended up where we are. And we found a space after looking around for a few months, we found this awesome place on Clark street, a small little pizza shop. And um, yeah, we're just sort of slanging them out. You know, we've been busy since day one. 
um, thanks to a big marketing push that my brother helped me do. Um, he's pretty much in charge of marketing and I'm in charge of the kitchen. So mm-hmm. we've kind of worked together to create a little buzz, a little momentum. And uh, we've been busy since day one. And that's pretty much a, a shortened version of uh, the past six or seven months of our life right now. So the space you found, had it previously been a pizzeria or had it been a, a restaurant of some type or yeah. a retail outlet? What, what was it previously? So most recently it was a pizzeria, actually. Um, but before that, I believe it was like a Mediterranean restaurant. So I believe it's been a few different concepts over the past few years. And uh, everyone in the area was even letting us, letting us know that like several places have flopped here. Mm-hmm. Um, so a few people thought that it may have been a risk. But in our opinion, I just think there hasn't been the right concept in that space because mm-hmm. it really is a, a cool spot. It really is a mm-hmm. spot. But I just don't think that the concept there has been correct. I see. How were you, where did you locate the quit, the equipment for your pizzeria? Was it, had, was it already in there when you took over the space or did you, um, did you get lucky in that regard or did you have to go buy new equipment? How did, did that work out for you? Some of the equipment that's there was already there. Like we had, um, walking cooler was already in place. Um, there's a stovetop range, a flat top and, uh, some coolers that were already there. So that made it really easy for us to get started. Um, there was a pizza oven there when we first moved in. There was a blodget, mm-hmm. um, like an old blodget that uh, was barely hanging on, but we made it work for the first few months. Um, but as we were getting busier and busier, that oven couldn't really hold up uh, on a busy night. Like the undercarriage of our pizza, just from the amount of times we were opening and closing the oven, it just sure. it couldn't hold its temperature. So we were starting to have problems with the pizzas coming out properly as we were getting busier and busier. So we eventually uh, looked into getting a pizza master and that's what we have now. Right. Now, what made you want to kind of finite your hours? And then, cause you, we kind of talked before the podcast, how you're looking to maybe add a lunch program to the business kind of, um, you know, what went into, you know, you looking at doing a dinner service and then limiting your, your days that you, that you operated and then now that you want to expand into lunch what kind of is going into that sure so when we first opened we actually wanted to maximize our hours so we were open tuesday through sunday um, and every day we were open for lunch we opened up at noon we were open until 10 p.m on weekdays and then on the weekend we stayed up until midnight and what we did is we basically just took a look at what are our peak hours like Mm -hmm. our weekday lunches were a little slower but our dinner was good And then on the weekends, um, lunch was great and dinner was also great. So we found a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. um, We had a lot of success during lunch hours and dinner hours. So after a few months of running with that schedule, we're like, you know what? Let's minimize labor here and let's cut our hours to just best utilize our our peak hours, I guess you could say, or our peak business. Um, So we got rid of lunch on weekdays. Keep in mind, this is wintertime, though. This is around. Yeah. January when we decided to change our hours. Um, but we're thinking about maybe reopening for lunch now that it's summertime, there's a little bit more foot traffic. Um, but we find that we would rather design our hours in such a way where we're best utilizing our peak business. Yeah. That makes any sense. That does. That makes does. a lot of sense. So do you fellas know how we came across you by chance? Oh, actually, yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. I'll take a guess. I'm the guess our mother. Your mother is exactly right. Uh, We got a letter from your mother. That's great. Proud proud mama. Very proud mama. She said, let me tell you about my two sweet boys and what they're doing. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I, I thought that was really, really cool. So, um, yeah, to have that kind of family support is awesome. Now, is she involved in the business at all? Or did she just uh, kind of become your marketing person there and, and a PR person and reach <laughs> yeah, out? Yeah, she's their PR person. That, you know? <laughs> she's definitely involved. I mean, like you said, she's definitely involved with, like, getting the word out and reaching out to other people. And um, she stays active on Instagram, connecting with other people. Uh, but since day one, she's been very involved. Um, her new husband, uh, our stepdad, is actually involved as an investor. Mm. And um, so we have a lot of different family members that are involved in different ways. Um, but they're constantly checking in and keeping up with us and um, looking at financials with us and having conversations about what we're going to do with the future of the business and new avenues that we can go in. And she's always connecting us with different people in the industry um, and just staying active in whatever way she can. So she definitely has a very active role in the business for sure. That's nice awesome. to have a resource to lean on, um, especially when it comes to financials and things like that. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and our, our, our dad even tries to get involved as well. He sent out a letter to WGN and got us on the news. So <laughs> all of our parents love to, they love to reach out to people to try to get the word out. They, they do a great job. They do You'll never need job, a PR firm. Just, just no. your parents will do it pro bono. Yeah. That's for sure. Definitely. And they follow up, you know, your mom followed up. So that's, that's awesome. They're persistent. That's for sure. Yeah. Now, the yeah. one thing that I think is really kind of interesting is y'all grew up around the Chicagoland area and you're doing New York style. Right. Yeah. Like that's pretty, that? you know, yeah. you know, did you feel like you're, you're going to get kind of, um, you know, yelled at for doing something outside of, you know, Chicago thin, Chicago We're thin. curious about that. Yeah. <laughs> it happened. There, there's a select few that, you know, have their feelings about, you know, you can't do that. Um, you have to do Chicago style if you're in mm -hmm. Chicago, but Chicago is becoming more and more of a diverse place for pizza. Absolutely. Now in Chicago, there's Detroit style places. There's yeah. a few New York style places. There's Neapolitan. There's Woodfire. There's um, a little bit of everything in the city right now. So I think now as we're moving forward, Chicago, just in general, its culinary scene is becoming really, really diverse. Um, so I think people are becoming more open-minded and willing to accept and try different styles, but there's definitely a select few that, that had their feelings about it and definitely <laughs> a little upset, but it is what it is. You know, there's a great Chicago style place in New York called Emmett's and they do oh, a yeah, great Emmett's is great. Yeah. So, you know, you can do it, you know, you might get a little backlash, but ultimately you're offering a product that is not as seen as much in an area. And I, th mm -hmm. I think there's an appeal to that, being able to try something that you don't mm -hmm. see every day, you know? Yeah. And I did see your grandma pie. And by the way, that thing is so, it looks so good. It made me so hungry when I was looking at it. You know, you had this video of it like spinning around and yeah. pulling a slice out. Uh, sure. You know, what went into creating that? What went into, you know, adding a grandma style pie? Sure. Uh, and what's what's that selling like? So to get into our New York style influence, um, a big a big influencer for us was uh, the, the pizza show with Frank Pinello. Um, watching that show and just seeing him cover the Brooklyn territory was really cool. Um, just seeing him cover places like Lucali's and Defara mm -hmm. and Joe's or like there's such a cool pizza culture in New York, and we really right. yeah. watching that series and. Um, 
we saw him go to a few different places that offered grandma style pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I was like, what is this? I've never seen this before. They don't offer this in Chicago. I had no idea what it was. It was like a foreign thing to me. Um, so I started looking up recipes, starting seeing what other people are doing with it. And then I, um, I read Tony Gimignani's book where he has grandma style recipe in there. And I started doing a little bit more research, uh, just about the style. So I decided to give it a whirl. Um, with my dough, I didn't make a, a different style of dough. I actually used just the mm-hmm. same New York style dough that I normally do for my rounds. Um, and I just stretched it out into a nice uh, 12 by 12 pan with a little bit of olive oil. Um, did like a naked par bake with just the dough. Mm-hmm. Um, throw on some fresh mozzarella. Right now we're using grande of Oreo cheese. So we throw on some slices of that, some of our Alta Cucina tomato sauce, uh, some fresh garlic, oregano, some uh, pecorino romano goes in for a bake, uh, comes out, throw on some fresh basil. Um, the first time we tried it, we, we fell in love with the style. It's got like a really yeah. nice crispy undercarriage on the bottom. And uh, mm-hmm. it's just an amazing style of pizza that not enough people know about. So we're like, you know, we got to offer this as a slice at least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So now we offer it uh, when we do slices on the weekends, um, only by the slice, just because it's a little bit mm-hmm. of a process to do the whole pie. Yeah. But we did start doing it as a special on um, Thursdays. I think we're going to start offering it as a whole pie. Um, but yeah, it's just an amazing style pizza that I think is really underrated and not really recognized um, in a lot of other areas. So that that made it interesting for me to want to offer that. Yeah, you know, as a chef, I'm sure you go through phases where you have an infatuation with a certain ingredient or a certain flavor profile. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, kind of the same way. And right now, grandma style is kind of my infatuation. It's kind of the... The, the style that I'm stuck on right now, it'll change tomorrow, yeah. but for the last three months, it's been grandma. So I see where you're yeah. coming from. It, it's so simplistic, yet delicious and flavorful, despite oh, yeah. being so simplistic. I know. It's, it, it's a beautiful pizza. I yeah, love it really it. is. It's a great pizza to do also for like family gatherings and parties because you can cook it in a home oven. You know, you don't need. Absolutely. You don't need a pizza stone necessarily. You don't need right. any fancy equipment. You just need a nice steel pan. Um, and some really good olive oil and some good dough and uh, you can take it from there but um, yeah I've been planning on I think the next family gathering that we have I think I want to do grandma style pizzas with different toppings nice now how's it selling how's it selling in the restaurant do you have to educate customers on what it is do people ask what is this people do ask a lot what it is but uh, it's been one of our top sellers when it comes to slices people really gravitated gravitate towards it because it's different you know we have all of our round pies out for slices and they say oh what's this like this is a square pie mm-hmm. a bit different um but we we garnish it and make it look really pretty in our display case so i think people gravitate towards it and yeah. i also try to put it in the top so it's like one of the first things you see yeah um, but surprisingly it's been like one of the top sellers and people have been open-minded to trying it and after they try it they'll come back and be like never had anything like this yeah yeah oh, nice that's awesome that's yeah. great now you you know you're you're still in that that first you know that infancy of your pizzeria what are you looking to you know for year one you know to get your you know to get your bearings and really really rock at home like what what are you really looking to do in this first year um well i think we're finally at a place where we're happy with our operation and really a big goal right now is to start offering like frozen pizza i think as, mm-hmm. as we close out on year one, we just want to make sure our financials are in line and that we're meeting our bottom line and that mm-hmm. um, business is staying consistent from the moment we open our doors till now. We want to make sure that 
you know, we're keeping our repeat customers and we're having consistent business across the line. But really our, our big goal right now is to start offering frozen pizza. And I think that's going to be a really good avenue for us to be able to increase business. Where nice. are you at in that process? So we actually just took home our first frozen pizza. We just started. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. We are literally just getting started on it. But I did like a naked par bake on a dough yeah. the other day and took it out of the oven and put on some cheese and some toppings and I uh, wrapped it up, threw it in the freezer. We just took yeah. it home last night. So we have to pop it in the oven. So uh, we're just getting started with the process right now, but we're, we're excited to, to see how it reheats and uh, to possibly get in touch with some people that can help us with branding. Um, there's actually um, a company that does work with other local pizzerias that help them freeze and, and sell the product. It's called Eat Froza. Yeah. Believe. Um, they do a really great job. So we're looking to connect with them and maybe get some advice from some other pizzerias that have been successful with doing this. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a big, uh, it's a big goal for us is uh, to get that avenue of business unlocked, And then we'll have, you know, two different forms of business growing. Yeah. Now the, one of the biggest things that I like to ask people, especially when they're new operators is in this, you know, in, in your beginning of your pizzeria, what is the biggest thing that you've learned so far? I know you've learned a lot, but what is pro what what's something that really stands out to you? Um, for me, what I've learned is that um, as a perfectionist, you're never going to be happy with mm -hmm. the product. So you just ultimately have to trust your team in order to be successful. Because um, I'm a little bit of a perfectionist when it comes to the pizza, when it comes to how the operation works. Mm -hmm. and I've learned that when you have a really good team, you have to learn to trust and you have to learn to let people help you and you have to learn how to delegate responsibility. Um, because when I first opened, you know, the first few weeks, I wanted to do everything. I wanted to make every batch of dough. I wanted to stretch every pizza. I wanted to bake every pizza. I wanted everything to be under my control because. I feel like I ultimately know what I want to put out as a product, but you really, really need to learn as an operator and as a business owner, how to delegate responsibility and let people help you. It's really mm -hmm. difficult, but um, as you mm -hmm. move forward, it's one of the biggest things you can do because ultimately you're going to kill yourself if you try to do everything. Right. So yeah, the biggest thing for me is just learning to trust my employees and, and allow others to, to help you, you know, very difficult to grow a business if you have to be the one who does everything from mop the floors to clean the toilets to make every pizza to answer every phone call. It just yeah. can't can't do two things at once. Very very hard to work on the business if you're always working in the business. Yeah, and you can't you can't scale that way either if you if you yeah. stay in that position. It's very physically demanding, <laughs> mentally exhausting. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And even beyond just making the pizza, just being able to trust others to help you with the marketing, being able to trust others to help you make connections, being able mm -hmm. to have a team around you that can help expand the business in other ways is really key. Um, and that's something we're blessed to have is, is an amazing, amazing team. We have a lot of people that are involved um, consistently that just help this business grow exponentially. And um, I yeah. absolutely could not do it by myself. Yeah. And we have a great staff as well. And I, I think that's so important too, when you're, when you're going through the hiring stages, really be specific. And I mean, if you can, you know, be selective and we've really put together a good team and we're, we're in a good position now. So, yeah, you know, that's we, excellent. we've had a lot of applicants come in and um, we do our best, you know, to obviously offer work to people who need it. Um, but at the end of the day, 
Um, if someone can really be a smile when someone walks in and um, can be the type of person to be inviting um, and can really offer like a good atmosphere to people who come in, especially when it comes to like our, our drivers, like mm -hmm. we wanted to make sure to find people that can offer part of our business when they go to the, each door, we want to make sure that they're, they're creating that customer experience and that they're, they're showing that we care about the product, you know, yeah. someone yeah. to deliver a pizza and just say, you know, have a nice day. And that's it. Like we want someone who really, really stands behind the product and cares about it, you know, and that's why we decided to move away from like third parties, like, um, Grubhub and DoorDash, like we had a lot of issues with their drivers and a lot of other issues that we don't need to get into, but we, we, we were not successful with use using their services. So I think it was sure. really important. it's really important for us to find people that, you know, can stand behind the product and, and, and show that they care about the business. You know, it was important when we were hiring to be able to find people that, that care about what we're doing, you know, right, right. the passion in it, you know. No doubt. Well, I, I know uh, on my next trip to Wrigley, I know where I'm having pizza. So I will stop <laughs> yes. in, check it out. Probably get a grandma, most likely. So yeah. right fellows, if you're around. Exactly. Awesome. Well, and we, we wish you guys the best success. Absolutely. Um, you know, cheers to that. You know, ring us up uh, after year one, after year two, and we'll see how you're doing. Because uh, we're, we're definitely rooting for you. And uh, we can't sit, yep. wait to see where it goes from here, guys. So awesome. I thank you thank so you. much for taking the time today to, to talk to us. And, uh, and we'll just see you, see you at the next Pizza Expo, right? Right on. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll be there. Awesome. Be there. Thanks, fellas. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye-bye.